Welcome back to the House of Wellness podcast where we talk about changing your mindset around self-love, money and abundance. If you are new, I am Jack Scott Lee, your spiritual abundance mindset money manifestation queen. It's a month's day, I hope you guys are doing so, so well. I had a fab weekend. I have had so many messages, been inundated with people who had listened to me on the Canny Christmas podcast. I was interviewed last Friday, well, I was interviewed um, last, was it last week or the week before? And the show, anyway, the show aired on Friday and I loved talking with Mart from Canny Crystals. Uh, check out his page. He does all the crystals and manifestation and stuff. And we had an amazing chat about all of the things. Um, I was talking about my near-death, my dear, uh, I can't get my words out of my mouth, my near-death experience. I'm visiting, being visited by Archangel Michael, Mother Mary, and my spirit guides, as well as um, all of the manifestation and abundance hacks, tips, and tricks that I use every single day and practice and teach and talk about in my everyday life. But yeah, I've had so many people message me and contact me and book in for one-to-one readings with my astrology because astrology is one of the things that I'm very, very savvy and uh, in the know with and something I talk about quite a lot on my socials. If you are not following me, make sure you do follow me on, on, where am I on? I'm on everything. I'm on TikTok, I'm on YouTube, on Instagram and on Facebook too. Make sure you you check those out. Just go on, just search for The House of Wellness, H-A-U-S-E. And you will find me, moi, and all my amazing, gorgeous um, content for you guys, where I usually delve into EFT, tapping, all the astrology, download. Oh, yeah, you know what I've been, you know what I've been using loads of lately? Um, Instagram threads. Oh, my God, I love using threads because you can literally, it's like, it's like a really cool version of Twitter. You can just literally type in, speak about whatever you want to speak about. I've been doing all of the um, transits on there because I find that I can literally just write out the transits and just literally put them onto the threads for people to read. I've had a really good response from those. But, so I'll talk about, you know, all the moon cycles because the moon changes signs all of the time. Um, every two days, it's really important to talk about where the moon is, where it's at and what it's doing, how it affects you because the moon affects all of us. Um, so I love using threads for that. If, you don't, if you're not on threads or you are on threads, make sure you check me out. It's House of Wellness. I'm always posting astrology stuff on there. I just did, um, I think it was yesterday, was it yesterday? I did a lot. I did my IG Live for the Lionsgate portal activation and we're talking about you know uh, the 8th of june is the is the um how can we say the penultimate not the it's the climax shall we say it's the it's the highest point of the lion the lion's gate portal if you know the fuck i'm talking about the lion's gate portal is when the sun which is in leo which happens every year in august um, meet up with the star of abundance, uh, Sirius, and Sirius is a fixed star. And when the sun goes into alignment with Sirius, um, it's a great portal which lasts for a few weeks, usually like two weeks before and two weeks after. So the eighth of August is usually the um, the height of it, and it's quite symbolic in, in, within itself because number eight, you know, is the infinity infinity signs is infinite abundance for all. And I was talking about this energy on my Instagram live yesterday, um, where I did actually. If you check out the Instagram live, I've shared it to my shared it to my um, feed, so you can go back and watch the video. I actually do a breakdown for each sign and how it affects each sign and what you can focus on for your manifestations. So that's pretty cool, because um, yeah, you know we all have a Leo within our birth chart, so we're all so basically like you know we're all made up of the, the twelve signs, you know, and each house is, is different to each person you know depending on your rising sign 
say for example if you're an Aries rising Leo will fall in your fifth house if you're a Libra rising the Leo will fall in your 11th house you know and so forth um, so it's really uh, indicative you know and personal to each person really um, as to how the lines play, um, play out um, but just know that when, you know when we talk about seasons and you know it's Leo season or it's Virgo season or whatever this still affects all of us because we all have you know, Leo or Virgo somewhere within the birth chart. So for me, for example, I have Leo in the 11th house and that'll be, you know, so basically the Lionsgate portal for Libra Risings will affect their friendship circles because the 11th house rules your friendships. It also rules the groups that you're part of and also it rules um, your biggest hopes, dreams and desires. 11th house is one of the money houses. So it's a great time to manifest and focus your manifestations on abundance and wealth and prosperity. If you, you know, if you have Leo in the 11th house, for example, you know, but yes, if you want to find out more about that, go and check out the IG Live. I save the video and put it onto my actual Instagram feed. And I think I'm going to do that often, you know, when I do like an IG Live and just, and just um, do like an Astro one. I've been doing the FT tapping ones on there, which are going really, really well. I'm loving doing the 11-11 tapping with you guys every week, tapping on different things. This week, I'm going to, I'm going to use the um, Lionsgate portal to talk about tapping and releasing, you know, things that are no longer serving us. Because even though we have this amazing, Lionsgate portal, um, where we can get, we get to focus on our, our dreams, goals, and desires. You know, we have, we do have you know a lot of the planets in the in the in our constellation in um, retrograde. So you know, they we have uh, Jupiter, Neptune, Saturn, all these planets in retrograde at the moment, and this is about. This is about um, letting go, releasing. Venus is retrograde, one of the important ones. Mercury is going to retrograde shadow. And this is actually about when we have planets go retrograde. And this is not a major thing because, like, actually, most of the outer planets, like, you know, Neptune and Pluto the, and Uranus, these planets spend most of their orbit in retrograde however that doesn't mean it's insignificant but it does mean it's a time for us to you know purge and let go of what things we don't you know not, not serving us can i was speaking about this on the last podcast i think episode where we we're talking about you know in order for you to receive your desires or step into your you know, your future self, you have to kind of let go of your old self too and your old stories and, you know, your, if you want to manifest your, you know, your perfect job or step into your dream job and letting go of your old job, you know, that's not something you need to walk out of it, but it means you need to start making, you know, uh, looking at, you know, job interviews and CVs and getting yourself out there and doing the, getting yourself skilled up, whatever it is you need to do to move forward within your career or, you know, if you want a new relationship, it means you need to, and you're not happy with your, you know, your old one or you are letting go of a relationship, you know, this, this means stepping forward into your future self and, you know, becoming uncomfortable with the unknown, you know, because so often than not we are so caught up with staying as we are and as you always find you know but if you want to level up and do more with your life then this is not you know this is definitely the podcast for you but if you're happy if you're you have the dream job dream house dream partner dream everything everything's going rosy and you're just happy then you know that's great but most people you know are striving to to, for more aren't they we're here we're here to you know do more aren't we and and receive more as well and and live in joy that doesn't mean on a material level we have to have more and more material however there's nothing wrong with that we live in a you know a 3d universe and we 
know, we're allowed to have, and one thing is part of being human, you know, we have this like 3D experience, and we're allowed to want stuff. That's, that's that's absolutely fine to, you know, want a, you know, a, a beautiful home or a beautiful car or a beautiful lovers or whatever it is, you know. But actually, the joy comes from within. And actually, you need to know, you need to. Um, be comfortable with and have joy in all those moments with or without the thing with or without the partner with or without the job with or, with or without the you know x amount of money in the bank account you know because i found that even when my, even when my money's my money's increased so much that that number won't actually bring me happiness and joy and it doesn't it actually doesn't happiness my happiness and joy is separate to the number and i was listening to another show recently and the speaker was talking about because i love listening to self-development stuff and the speaker was talking about you need to learn to love yourself at whatever figure you're earning whether that be you know minimum wage Six figures a month, seven figures a year, whatever it is, you know, you need to be able to learn to love yourself regardless of that because your self-worth isn't, isn't determined on how much money you make. And it doesn't also mean that your life purpose is your career because your career is separate to your life purpose. You know what I mean? Um, so that was really interesting because, you know, some people think, oh, yeah, I need to find myself, find my life purpose. It means I have to find my career. And that is part of it. And for some people, it is, you know, that is there everything. But actually, you know, your life purpose doesn't have to be just your career. It can be, you know, your life purpose can be to live in joy and have freedom and want to travel and do that and the other. You know, your career is separate to that. You know what I mean? Your, your career could be your job that you just do, which funds you to do the things that you love. You know what I mean? Your side hustle doesn't have to be your your um, purpose but it can aid and abet you into your actual purpose which could be having more freedom joy laughter buying you know whatever it is you want to buy you know buy whatever it is you know that sort of thing so it's having the the information to know that actually your self-worth isn't tied up to your manifestation and isn't tied up to how much money you make and isn't tied up to you know how much money you owe to people you like you know debt and things like that people we so often that we so often then that we get like this guilt and we feel like we're a bad person if you owe money and things like that you know obviously it's great to build up your finances but at the same time whether you owe money or not whether you're making x amount of money or not it doesn't make you a good or bad person you know what I mean um, having money doesn't make you good or, or bad you know and so after the night we're, we're conditioned when you watch movies for example you know the person with all the money is always greedy or backstabbing or they're not happy I was speaking to someone in my family recently and they were like you know oh yeah they're really they're speaking about another family member and they were saying something like along the lines of, I love to listen to people talk you know as much as I love to talk, I love to listen to the people too, you know. And they were saying something like, yeah, they might be rich, they might have all this money, but you know what? They don't have what we have and we're happy and peaceful. And I was like, I wonder, isn't it funny that you think that you can't have the both? That actually you think that peace and happiness is tied in with being poor or, you know, is, is opposite to being wealthy? You know, because if that person's wealthy, it means they're not happy and they're not um, joyful and not at peace. Do you know what I mean? And this is money stories that we're told all the time. So when I'm doing my money manifestations, and I've been doing a lot of work with the Abundance Queen Money Manifestation Mindset Manifestation course, now, these are some of the things we talk about. It's like unlocking and picking your wealth your wealth blocks and wealth stories. Because some people are like, too like, I have another friend. He earns shit in the cash, and she's too scared. To, and she's too scared to spend it. 
you know, and so she's saving, saving away, and she's just too scared to spend it. And her, her, one of her money stories that if she spends it, it's all going to go. It's never going to be enough. So she's still coming from that scarcity mode, you know, and because they didn't, because I think there was scarcity when they're growing up. So now it's like I have to hold on to it all because I'm gonna, you know, there's never going to be enough. Even though they're earning like six figures, seven figures, whatever it is, and she, you know, it's said to me, I know it's stupid because I have so much money in the bank, but I'm just so scared to lose it, you know, because their security and self worth is all tied up around that figure. It's crazy, isn't it? So there's two ends of the spectrum there, really, where not having enough, not having too much, or actually the number never being enough, you know, because when when is the number going, the number in your account going to be enough for you to be like, okay. I feel good now. I feel okay. For me, it was kind of different. Like, so I wanted to, like, um, say, have, like, so many months um, salary saved, you know, in a separate account. And that was, that for me, was okay. And I was speaking to, a client, speaking to another client about this who was, uh, wants to set up their own business and stuff and, not, and make their side hustle into their main thing because they, really, they hated their job. So I was like, well, how much do you need to live on? You know, how, how, have you worked out your rent, your mortgage, your bills, your, you know, all the things you pay every month, you know, how much does that equate to? And can you save that? And could you save six months of that? Because if you can do that, and how much how much do you need for you? To, for me, it was six months salary, you know, but for her, I think it was like three months or four months or somebody else, it was like a year I was working with, you know. So I was like, if you have that year of you know, saved up of your outgoings that you need to pay every month, you know, negotiables, would that be then enough for you to feel safe for you to move forward with your dreams, goals and desires and go and turn your side hustle into a business? Do you know what I mean? And this was like, you know, reframing that mindset around lack and scarcity, you know. But anyway, that is not what I wanted to talk about today. But if you are interested in that, before I move forward, please sign up for the Abundance Queen Money Manifestation. Can't fucking say it. Abundance Queen Money Mindset Transformation Course. It's fourteen days to level up and transform your money mindset, so you can receive a shit ton of cash and change your mindset around wealth, prosperity, and abundance. It's so fucking cool. The first one sold out. Every time I launch this course, it always sells out. So I'm so so gassed. I'm gonna do a pre-sale again this month. The pre-sale will be on the new moon, which is gonna be on the. 16th, which I believe is next week, right? So keep your eyes peeled on my socials for that. Like I said, make sure you follow me on Instagram, has a wellness. I'm very, very active on there. I'm always posting stories and things on there about all, my, all the living things that I do. I do card of the days on there. I love doing tarot. So we do those tarot spreads and things on there. But one of the things I really want to talk about today was the um, how to read your birth chart and all the um, information it packs with you. And I was talking about, because I've been doing a lot of these recently within my clientele, I've been doing a lot of um, synastry, love readings. So when you do a synastry chart, right, a synastry chart basically is when you put your chart with a lover's chart on top of each other. And what you'll do, when you do that, it'll, it'll give you like a, a new birth chart of, the, of your relationship, you know. And it's kind of like um, a chessboard. It'll show you how the planets interact with each other. And it can give you so much. In the, in the old, old millions and millennia, people would do this to see if you're a good match for marriage, for partnership, for business. And I still like to... I mean, I was doing this all throughout my dating life. You know, when I was dating people, I'd love to get their birth charts to see, you know, is this person just a footboy? Is this going to be more? Is, what You know, what's our karma? How have you attracted each other? And I actually because I had an extensive list of ex-partners, I actually um, got all their birth information, and um, I did actually do a YouTube series. I mean, if you go into my YouTube way back when, like 2016, I've done loads and loads of YouTube. They're all anonymous. 
of um, ex-partners and I delve into their charts and how um, their chart interacts with mine and then going into you know and when I do that it's so great because you can look at how astrology works how synastry works and how different charts and different planets can trigger off you know different things within your chart so for example if someone's Mars placement is in your first house, your seventh house, it can mean if you, or your tenth house, it can, or yeah, so if someone's Mars is in your first house, your seventh house, your tenth house, your eighth house, for example, this can give you, this can work in two ways, it can either give you a really amazing sex life, you know, because Mars is passion, Mars is energy, Mars is drive, Mars can be sexuality too, depending on which sign it's in, you know, however, it's really strong energy, and it can give you like a really amazing sex life, depending on which house it falls in, so I like to see, you looking at birth charts, you know, um, and where the Mars placements are, because Mars can also bring conflict and strife when people have, and when people have conjunct Mars together, you know, it can make you very um, um, combative, but it also can make you very, very, very passionate too um, within your relationship. Like, uh, my partner and I, we have a Mars conjunct. We have them in Libra. So Mars in Libra is, very, is a, you know, much softer and amicable. However, you know, Mars is still Mars. Mars in Libra, you know, together. And this is really, really good sexual energy. So it's really great that if you're looking for passion, it's one of the things I look out for. And, um, you know, you want it in the seventh house or the first house. So the first house is pretty good because the first house is you. Um, it's a really good indicator for sex and passion. You want to also look for things like, you know, Venus and where Venus sits. So if you have your chart in front of you, or if you haven't got a birth chart, go on to, right? There's so many free apps you can download. Loads of, just type in like birth chart or something like that. And you'll, you'll, they'll give you loads of um, apps and stuff where you can literally put in your birth chart. You need to know your birth date, which most people do know. Your birth date, right? So your birth date, you need to know where you were born, you know, roughly. And also the rough time you were born as well. You know, you can ask your parents or caregivers, what have you. But usually they're written, they're written on your bracelet thing, like your, you know, your tag, which most people keep or a lot of them are written on your birth certificate too you can even go further and actually phone a hospital where you're born at and they'll have your records on there too and i can tell you but yeah so if you have your birth details put that into like a i use astro.com it's free it's so good or astro seek astroseek.com they're both really good pop your details into there it can be as close as you can get it with your birth time obviously the closer the better because the rising sign you know the rising sign or the ascendant sign people call it is one of the most important signs for you because that's just the sign of you the house of you and it's your rising sign is how other people see you how you were born into this world how you come across the energy you were born with the, your life journey your life path will start with the first house you know and, um, yeah, going, so you want to do that first and foremost, so you can look at your chart, and, you, and you'll, you'll, you'll show you this big circle, and it looks like a massive pie, and each section of the pie rules is ruled by a different house, and each house, okay, means something different, so the first house is the house of you, the seventh house is relationships, the fifth house is dating, the eighth house is sex and marriage, um, the tenth and the fourth house is work and home, you know, the sixth house is health, the second house is money, you know, so for example, I'm talking about money, if your partner's Venus falls into the second house, you know, it's great for um, finances, you know, it means it can make really good money together. If you have Saturn in the fifth or the eighth house, it can mean that, you know, there could be blockages around sex 
also it can mean commitment to you means that you be committed to one another you know what i mean um i think my partner's slapping falls in my at highest and actually um, we have really really good commitment um and we have you know we, well, we, we got married for god's sake you know what i mean so i do find that people have saturn you know saturn sinistry where it's in the fifth house the eighth house seventh house that actually because saturn brings responsibility um and bond and bonding you know and bondage <laughs> um, and actually it can uh, signify marriage and Jupiter too if your partner's Jupiter falls in your seventh house is a great marriage indicator because Jupiter is your marriage indicator in the birth chart so if the marriage indicator Jupiter falls in the seventh house of relationships then of course this is fantastic for marriage also Jupiter being in the tenth house is amazing for marriage amazing for you know passion and amazing for joy too, you know. And if your partner's Venus falls in uh, Jupiter, sorry, falls in the second house, you know, again, this is great for abundance, you know. Um, and I love to see planets in the eighth house. The people say the seventh house is marriage. For me, I feel like the seventh house is more to do with relationships, okay? And I feel, for me personally, the eighth house will show you marriage because the eighth house is about, you know, joint finances, it's about commitment, it's about, you know, um, two souls meeting as one. It's a scorpionic house, it's passion, it's desire. You know, it's not as the fifth house is more fun dating, and the seventh house is like you know partners. Whereas for the eighth house is more like bondage and binding of souls. You know what I mean? So I always look for the eighth house in astrology and what planets are in the eighth house. So for example, um, my partner's my partner's North Node, right? So your North Node is your karmic destiny falls into my eighth house. So that'd be the eighth house of marriage. Okay, and he has, uh, so, and he, my, so yeah, his north node falls into my eighth, and my north node falls into his seventh house of relationships. So this means quite a karmic relationship that you're meant to meet. When your north nodes are, you know, the karmic destiny points are making aspects to one another's romance houses, you know. What's very interesting for our story is that actually his Venus falls into my south node. So when you have, this is deep, so when you have like south node planets around that with each other, and I see this like with my partner, with my partners, my own clientele, that when I see their south node in their birth chart, when I see, you know, um, Venus next to the South Node, or the Moon there, or Mars, or you know, Mercury and Jupiter. This will show you that actually these people were lovers in a past life. You know what I mean? And you can look to the houses as well. So ours is the fourth and fifth house. So it, could, it means that we've been together many times. And also it means that we, 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 this sounds really weird. But actually it can show you that you could have been in a past life. You could have actually been family. Because when you have like South Node activation... Um, especially with things like the moon and Venus, which is what we have. And I've had this quite a lot because my Venus, um, yeah, my Venus conjuncts my south node anyway, my birth chart, my, my own birth chart. So this will tell you that all your, if not all, the majority of my, my relationships will be very karmic. And I'll have a lot of past life relationships coming up to this lifetime for me to heal with. You know what I mean? So when I look at clients' charts and they have, you know, planets around the south node within their sinistry, their lovers' charts, it can show you that these people have known each other before, you know? And actually, 
when you meet people and you feel like you've known them before is because usually you have south node and north node um, activation and this doesn't just mean for your lovers this can be for family as well and this can also mean um, for your friends too i've done you can do sinistry charts for literally anyone i've done mine for my friend my bestest friend my family because just because you're family in this lifetime doesn't mean you're family in past lifetimes it can do you know because you choose your family for whatever reason but i've noticed a lot of the time you know when you look at people when you look at family birth charts the soul groups incarnate over and over again with each other you know it doesn't mean that your mum's always your mum it can mean that your mum in a past life your mother in a past life was your child you know i think in our soul group charts i'm sure my sister was my mum and not and i know going back further than that in our birth charts my uh, I think I was, well, I, my sister and I were, like, were married at one point, you know, in a different, in a different lifetime. It's so, it sounds so crazy, doesn't it? But when you look at the chart and go in deep like that, it's crazy. But yeah, I've been doing a lot of synergy readings lately. I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to delve in with that and show you guys how you can look into yours too. So if you, you know, if you, if you are dating, for example, and you can get to your partner's information, if they don't mind you, you know, getting their information and doing a synergy reading, they're so fun to do. Um, and I, the, some of the things that I like to look out for, for like, um, I'd say, first of all, there's no good and bad. Obviously, there's more, there can be, there can be great synergy, like compatibility, and there can be more challenging, I like to say. And sometimes the most challenging ones can stand the test of time because, you know, when there's work to be done and people want both parties want to do the work, more importantly, then of course there's no there's no aspect or planet that's gonna stop that. Obviously there are things that are more easier and there are things that are, you know, I'm so like bore like or, you know, things are hard work. Like I did someone recently. And they both had a lot of planets in the sixth house, and the sixth house is the house of karma and work. And I did say to that person that, you know, even though you have a lot of north and south node energy there, where you both, you know, are connected through past lives, and you're meant to be together in this life and find each other and do whatever you need to do, the relationship will feel like fucking hard work, you know, because you have a lot of sixth house activation, and the sixth house is about hard work, you know what I mean? So, well, I wanted to talk about some of, the, some of the really great things I like to look for when I look for compatibility. So, you want to look at your moon signs because it means how you feel, you know. And uh, you want to see, like, this moon compatibility. So, if your moon's a sextile, that's really great. I mean, square moons are okay. Like, my partner and I, our moon's are square, which is a challenge. But actually, it can, it's really good for debate because we debate all the time. And we grow from that. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of ignites passion, too, because they have an Aries moon. And my moon's are in caps. So we, we like to debate quite a bit. And actually, we like strong characters within one another. We don't want someone to be a pushover. So, it can work like that too do you know what i mean but generally you, you, when people have fire moons and air moons these are great together because the fire and the air fan the flames you know what i mean i like to see earth and water moons together because they're very grinding too fire and water moons aren't always as great you know because the water can put out the fire however sometimes fire can heat up the water too do you know what I mean? it can really just depend on how it plays out within the birth chart and where they sit I do love to see, I'm not going to lie, really good Mercury placements, you know, because when you have really good Mercury, for me, personally, you have great communication, you know. If your Mercury's um, have good, like, for example, um, I have Mercury in Aquarius, my partner's Mercury's in Sagittarius, so our Mercury's all sextile, so that means that they are in a harmonious aspect, so that means that you have good banter, you can laugh and joke, you find each other quite funny, 
you know, and you can bounce off each other. Whereas if you're Mercury's can square or there, um, square can be more combative energy. Or if they oppose each other, it just means that you don't always understand each other. See eye to eye most of the time. You know what I mean? And this same thing goes for things like Mars and Venus too. If your Venus is a conjunct, this is amazing. If your partner's Venus conjuncts your sun, it just means that they think like that you are the best thing to slice bread. It just means that you know if you're when you're being, you have Venus and Sun conjunctions, it can mean that your partner will think you are the most beautiful god's gift to man do you know what i mean so i do like to see that i like to see you know venus um aspects and things or a really beautiful aspect i like to see is venus conjunct neptune within the birth chart because venus and neptune together um is like true love you know it's like it's like um love without boundaries love that's like next soulmate kind of love you know because neptune is a higher octave of venus so there's all that as well you know and or but on the flip side to that sometimes when i see neptune conjunct someone's ascendant or sun sign it can sometimes mean that the person can cloud your judgment and it can mean that sometimes that the person will see you with rose tinted glasses you know because neptune likes to put a fog around your senses you know sometimes you think oh my god what are, they two, what are those two people doing together or you know that person's definitely wrong for them they're cheating they're doing all these sort of things the person's blind to it all it can usually t- me i've seen it play out before it's because neptune's involved somewhere because neptune can sometimes blind and put the blinker on and the fog around things you know what i mean however when i see saturn and venus together that is a great indicator for marriage um saturn and venus in the eighth house in the fifth house in the seventh house in the first house together this is great for commitment great for marriage great for longevity longevity because saturn will go the distance and again it depends on where saturn is you know I mean, if you have Saturn in the seventh house and it's in Libra, it's exalted. You know, my Libra is in, my Saturn's in Libra, so it's exalted, and that's a really good aspect to have for someone when they're you know, um, partners Venus is trining that. So yeah, that's another really good aspect to look out for. You know, when it comes it comes into looking at you and your partner, your love interest, um, whether you're going to be compatible, compatible, and where the relationship's going to take you. You know, um, when you have a lot of, when you have a lot of fifth house energy, that's really good right because it means you can have a lot of fun and if your sun sign sextile like libra and sagittarius is pretty good sagittarius with um aquarius is fantastic aquarius with aries is pretty cool too aries with um yeah aries with gemini is fantastic as well depending on you know the other there's so many things you have to look at but you know sextiles and conjunctions um, are pretty good places to start when looking at someone's chart because it will show you so much and of compatibility and that's what you want right so I was that's something I wanted to really talk about so I just go into go into the compatibility side of um, love and you know what makes a uh, good compatibility and things you can look out for another side note right and I think this fits into Venus retrograde because Venus retrograde is all about love, which is probably why I'm getting a lot of love readings at the moment because you know Venus retrograde is about ass- ass- assessing and analysing our, our love lives, isn't it? And what we what we hold true and what we what we expect from our partnerships and how we love ourselves too, you know. And um, another little tip bit I wanted to share with you before I leave you is Lilith. So Lilith in the birth chart will show you the forbidden fruit, shows you lust and. 
um, it's like sexual energy and it's like irresistible energy. So sometimes, you know, when you see people together, you think, oh my God, we even put them two together, but they're like all over each other, like a rash or they're just obsessed with each other. It's usually because they have a you know, strong Lilith connection. When you look at, I did um, a chart for Machine Gun Kelly and I think it was Megan Fox, so they're together. And they have so much strong Lilith energy that they're obsessed with each other. And Lilith can make you like that. You know, my partner and I have Lilith energy as well, where his Lilith is an Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius, you know, Sun, Venus and um, Mercury. And I have Lilith, Lilith in Sagittarius. And a lot of my partners been Sagittarius, you know, because I have Lilith there to have a soft spot for Sagittarians. Lilith will give you like a, a sexual obsession with that energy, and my partner has, you know, Saturn, Sun. Um, um, what else does he have? Mercury. He has like four or five Saturn, um, Sagittarian planets, you know. So, um, and in the 12th house as well, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of Lilith can show you a lot of passion alongside Mars, too. But if you would like a one-to-one birth chart analysis or a synastry reading with me, please DM me on Instagram on the House of Wellness page or you can email me at thehouseofwellness at gmail.com or if you want to join the Wellness Warriors, you get 30 days free, you can DM me Wellness Warriors or sign up on the link in the show notes where we do a moon manifestation group every month. We have a new moon this month at two next week and we also have a super full moon at the end of the month. We do moon rituals, we don't sacrifice anybody it's all like um writing down your affirmations, affirmations visualizing tapping meditation loads of stuff like that you know all positive shit and uh, i pull out cards tarot cards all the time there's wellness stuff eft so much good stuff within the wellness morning community loads of um you know fun abundant challenges and uh, you get access to the um what's that course called that i've just dropped it's called no more imposter syndrome it's about releasing your imposter syndrome honey and um stepping forward into your bad bitch era so um with that i'll leave you until i see you next time on the next episode of the house wellness um if you have some spare moments i would love it if you'd like this episode um review it leave me some stars it helps grow the channel share it to somebody share it with all your peoples and i will be so grateful if you do that i'd love to read all your reviews and i will catch you on the next episode of the house of wellness remember honey the house of wellness is not just a mindset it is a lifestyle my love